Well, good evening. We're so excited to see you here tonight, and I hope you're looking forward to praising the Lord together. Uh, this is going to be a unique service uh, where we're all going to be involved together, singing uh, praise to the Lord and, uh, and hearing even some of the theological uh, foundations for some of those songs and some of the backstories for some of those songs. And, uh, and uh, as you can see, we're going to start out with our, ch- our kids' choir as they sing Jesus Saves, tying in the, the whole the, the theme of missions, that we are called to spread the news to every land. And uh, let that be our heart as we, as we seek to share the gospel with those around us. So they're going to open us up, and then we're going to have uh, several songs, both choir and congregational. And so I ask that you be, uh, be prepared to sing from your heart, and even as we see the text on the screen, to be thinking about the truths and, and sing it genuinely uh, as worship to the Lord. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we'll hear the choir, the kids' choir as they sing Jesus Saves. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for bringing us tonight. We thank you uh, for this weekend and the joy it is to uh, just take some time to to reflect and consider how you can use us as a church to further your great commission. Lord, I pray that you would uh, unite our hearts even now and that the worship that we present to you would be acceptable in your sight. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
Jesus saves. That sums up the gospel in one short sentence. This, uh, this weekend, we've been focusing both on our worship and our witness, and I hope that you've seen the connection between those two. Uh, that worship produces a witness, and witness produces more worship. And round and around the cycle goes for the glory of God. We mentioned this morning uh, the uh, faith promise giving opportunity for you to devote um, even a little bit more than normal to give toward the furtherance of the gospel on the mission field. And we ask that maybe you grab one of those cards, those faith promise cards, to, to commit to a certain amount that you'd be giving uh, to, the, to the, our, our missions here at our church. And if you have one of those cards filled out, uh, we're going to be collecting those during the first verse of our next song, For the Sake of His Name. So have those ready, and we'll have some deacons uh, to collect those in the aisles uh, once we sing that first, the first verse of that song. Um, if you forgot, you're like, oh, I've got it, I left it at home, or uh, I didn't fill one out. We do have some extras here. Um, if we run out of extras, you're more than welcome to fill one out and uh, either drop it in the box at a later day, or, uh, or even uh, bring it by the office on Monday. That's totally fine as well. But it's a good opportunity for us to, by faith, commit even more uh, to the spread of the gospel. We are excited about tonight and what God is going to teach us uh, through the singing and through the word. And um, we're, going to be, we're going to be singing a lot of songs before we jump into that. Uh, this, mission, this morning we saw that missions exists for the glory of God, that we spread the gospel so that more worship is ascribed to Jesus Christ, that we worship so, that there are, that, so we can spread the gospel so that there are more worshipers. There's a story of two young Moravian missionaries who heard of an island in the West Indies occupied by a British slave owner with over 2,000 slaves. And this slave owner, who was an atheist, was determined not to let any preacher or missionary stay on that island. Two to 3,000 souls isolated on an island without any hope of hearing the gospel of Jesus. And these two young men heard about this, and they came up with a plan. They couldn't bear the thought of all of these souls, these thousands of souls, not hearing the name of Jesus, living and dying, isolated from the gospel. And so they came up with a plan. They decided to sell themselves into slavery to this British owner so that they could live among the community there. And as these two young men set sail, they looked back at their family members and friends whom they would never see again, and they called out, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. They went out, not just for their love of souls, but they saw a Christ who had died, who had given, shed his blood for us, and he want, we, they wanted Christ to receive the reward of his sufferings. This is why we proclaim the gospel that there are those who have not yet heard of Christ, and Christ deserves their worship. And as we worship tonight, I want us to take a sneak peek at the end of the story. When the worshipers of God gather together, in a moment we're going to be singing for the sake of his name, and one of the verses in that song says this, look to the throne for the sake of his name, think of the throng who will share in his reign, some for whose souls we pray, We'll share our joy that day, joining our song for the sake of his name. And as we turn to the final pages of the Bible, the book of Revelation, 
We read this in Revelation 5, 8 through 13. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. There will come a day when the Lamb who is slain will receive the reward of his suffering. Next couple chapters later, Revelation chapter 7, we see these words. And after this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their face before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. May our witness, may our life be one that is determined to spread the gospel to those around us so there may be more worshipers of Jesus Christ surrounding that throne one day. In a moment, we're going to be singing two songs for the sake of his name that call to missions. And then following that, we're going to sing what we're going to be singing, at least some form of what we're going to be singing, someday around that throne, holy, mighty, worthy. Pastor Paul. Number 402 in your hymn books, you may remain seated, but I want you to sing out even seated as we sing together.
receiving those cards that you were going to fill out. So pass them to one of the aisles. I'll have a deacon in each one of these aisles here to collect them as we sing the next verse. And then uh, as soon as you've passed your card in, choir members, you may take your place up in the choir loft. On the second. Pastor Aaron mentioned the last verse of the song we just sang said some for whose souls we pray that's the job of those that stay behind is it not will share our joy that day joining our song for the sake of his name remember what he said 
is in that song. He read the verse and there's a whole list, but we're gonna sing holy, mighty, worthy, and the last stanza is glory to the Lamb. Let's sing together. have the privilege tonight of all the songs that we're going to be hearing and singing to have the author of those songs with us. So Pastor Chris is going to come share the backstory of songs as we interweave them during the service tonight. You'll be singing again and, uh, and hearing the choir tonight. It's such a blessing uh, to worship with you tonight and uh, that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're just giving honor to the Lord, the glory belongs to him. Uh, it's a delight, delight to sing praises to God, and, and especially, uh, I hope, maybe after the weekend, we're thinking a little bit more about why, uh, why that word was chosen, or what passage did that come from. Uh, Holy Mighty Worthy was the first hymn I ever wrote, 
and um, I just was driving in the car, kind of meditating and, and playing with words. And uh, somebody asked me once why I used uh, the instead of you. Why did I use archaic language? And I, I think just it was kind of like a photographer uses black and white uh, you know, film sometimes, just kind of a stylistic thing. But it moves from Isaiah 6 on the holiness of God uh, to Psalm 19 on the power of God as creator. Uh, and then it moves to Revelation uh, 5, 4 and 5 on the worthiness of God. And then finally, we just all sing together, uh, glory to the Lord. That's the reason we were made, the reason we were saved. Uh, For the sake of his name was uh, commissioned by a missions conference. Uh, actually was held at Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary and Inner City Baptist Church with David Doran. And it was focusing on getting uh, college students interested in missions. It was called Student Global Impact. And uh, Dr. Doran had written a, a book called For the Sake of His Name, coming out of Third John, what we talked about this morning, and uh, commissioned that him. And uh, praise the Lord, if, if the Lord would use that to challenge people regarding missions, uh, I would be thrilled by that. We're going to sing in a moment, I Run to Christ. And uh, You'll probably notice as we sing several of these songs, like, wow, we just sang that idea. Uh, I have about five ideas, and I just kind of mix them up within the songs. Um, we're going to sing a lot about Jesus suffering under the wrath of God, uh, how, how we exist to give God glory. Uh, I Run to Christ has some of those themes. At the very end, it's going to talk about how, how Jesus uh, is the propitiation, the, the wrath satisfier for us, and, and therefore he's our hope. He's our advocate when we sin. First uh, John 2, 1 and 2, don't sin, but when you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. And uh, most of the song, though, instead of only dealing with our salvation, uh, it deals with just getting through the trials and challenges of life. Uh, actually, when I, when I was writing the hymn, I uh, was thinking about a mom who's overwhelmed with dishes and diapers and messes and and, you know, what do you do when you're just worn out? Or what do you do when you're discouraged? Or what do you do when you're afraid, when you're, when you're chased by fear? And the, the answer is run to Christ. You, you run to Christ. Uh, I feel like I should write a sequel called Christ Runs to Me. Sometimes I'm so worn out, I can not even get to him. You know, I just help and he comes. Uh, but, but this song, uh, by God's grace, has been an encouragement to people in trial and, and sometimes... Uh, in loss, maybe the loss of a loved one or something. And it just reminds us that, that Christ is so compassionate, so merciful. He doesn't only save us from sin. Uh, he is adequate. He's sufficient. He's enough to get us through all of life. Uh, so we rejoice in him. We run to Christ.
was so beautiful. I feel like on the front row, I'm between two choirs, just you know, hitting me with sound. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, the next song we're going to sing is uh, called You Are Always Good. I'm reminded about uh, 25 years ago, my uh, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, uh, had their second child. They were all excited, uh, their first boy. And uh, they didn't know ahead of time, but he was, uh, Jonathan was born with Down syndrome. And uh, besides his uh, normal ongoing needs, and, and he's, the, he's the best young man, by the way. Uh, God has been so gracious. Uh, but he needed to have open heart surgery within the first month of his life and just had, has, had a lot of needs. And uh, my brother-in-law, Jeff, is a pastor uh, in Michigan, now in Ohio. And he tells a story of an email he sent out. He's kind of giving an update, you know, things were heavy, and, and you could just see, even in his body language, he was just overwhelmed. And then uh, there was a surgery, and um, Jeff sent out an email update to friends and family. He said, the Lord was good today. Uh, Jonathan is improving. And there's only a certain number of friends that can say something like this, but, but Jeff had a friend uh, that had been uh, just a, a brother in Christ for years, and, and they counseled each other. And his, brother, his friend just pushed back a little bit and said, Jeff, I know what you mean, but God was also good yesterday. You know, we tend to say that God is good when something, you know, positive happens. Uh, I got a raise. God is so good. Or, or you know, I, I uh, had an unexpected financial blessing or, I, you know, some, there, someone was healed. God is so good. And then you deal with cancer and God is unchanged. He's still good. Uh, he's always good. He's only good. Uh, this song was written uh, with the Hamilton family, uh, Ron and Shelley Hamilton. Uh, I've been through so many deep waters, and uh, Ron's now with the Lord. Shelley's been through so many deep waters. And um, several years ago, their oldest son, Jonathan, had struggled with uh, bipolar and a lot of other uh, issues, you know, deep depression. And, uh, and they tried to help him along, uh, but as a young man, he eventually went out and took his own life. And uh, just such a tragic thing. And um, sometime later, they were going through his things, and they found several unpublished melodies that he had written. Uh, and he had written a tune. They reached out to me, and they said, Chris, um, would you consider writing a lyric, a hymn text for this tune? And we, we're just in the thick of it. We feel like, like maybe we can't do this. But would you do something um, that, that encourages people but kind of honors uh, Jonathan's legacy? It was kind of like another uh, rejoice in the Lord. How, how can we be encouraged in the midst of hardship? And um, as I prayed about what to do, I, I wanted to help them and help others remember in the darkest of times. I, I can't imagine a worse event for a parent. But even in life's darkest times, God is always good. And maybe we can't see it, uh, but we, we believe it, and, and we continue to, to just kind of tenaciously have faith in Him. And we don't believe the devil's lies that say that, you know, if God truly loved you, this wouldn't have happened. No, we know He loves us. He, he, he gave His life for us. He's always good. He's only good. And whatever hardship you're dealing with, uh, it still doesn't change the benevolence, the kindness, uh, compassion that our Father has for us. He's always good.
Now we have an opportunity to sing together again. This song was our song of the month. If you've been here on Wednesday evenings, as we've been learning it through the month, your beauty fills our eyes. Again, notice when we get to the chorus on this song, the, the progression we have from justification to sanctification to glorified bodies that we'll have in heaven. Let's stand again as we sing now. We have looked in faith to Christ. singing hymns uh, can feel like an, like a, an Easter egg hunt. You know, you're, you should be looking and thinking for scripture references as you sing. And uh, that one, um, each of the verses takes a text of scripture that talks about looking to Christ and the effect of it. So uh, the first one, when we're initially saved, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, John 1, 29. Or Isaiah 45 says, look to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. The second verse says that we are sanctified, we're growing, we're changed into Christ's likeness as we look at Him. And uh, that's particularly from 2 Corinthians 3.18, that we, as we behold the glory of God, are changed into that same image from one degree to the next, from one, from one glory to another. And then the last one refers to 1 John 3, uh, says that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is. And that hope 
motivates our purity and we continue to grow. So uh, every part of our salvation, not just, not just the beginning, but, but every day of our lives, we're depending on Christ. And we never get over that. Jesus isn't only the door that, that we enter Christianity, but, but he's, he's the air we breathe. Every part of our Christian life is focused on him. The next song, uh, My Jesus Fair, is one that um, kind of in a brooding way just uh, keeps looking at the events that surrounded Christ's death and um, reminds us that Jesus was pierced for our sins, uh, that Jesus suffered not only physically, but he suffered under the, under the wrath of God. Uh, the very first uh, verse begins uh, with Jesus being pierced by thorns. And uh, where, where did thorns come from? Well, thorns came to the world at the fall, way back in Genesis 3. Because of humanity's sin, thorns and thistles would, would fill the ground, and life would become a lot more difficult. I don't think it was accidental that when Jesus was crucified, he was pierced by thorns. Um, yes, there was a mockery and, and, a, and a, a, fake, um, a fake crown on his head, but I think there's a symbolism that the very thorns that sin caused pierced Jesus, but, but as a result, the curse was being broken, and the curse uh, is not only born by Christ, but it will eventually be uh, totally undone by him, Revelation 22 says. Uh, so as we sing this song, look for different uh, references to the passion story and Jesus' suffering and what it means, and then we rejoice on the last verse that we don't uh, serve a Savior who only died, but we serve a Savior who is alive, and he's coming again. Uh, all the glory goes to Jesus. When we get to the end of the course, I love, you know, Pastor Kiss loves his words, abhorring all my sin, adoring only him. And those words just jump off each other as we sing them. So think about that as you're singing. We had the privilege of having this song, of, of translating this song into Portuguese, and we were able to do that same thing at the end of, and play on, on words in a sense. Now we're going to do our homework, uh, thinking about the passages that are in this hymn, but I've done the homework for you. Between the stanzas, we're going to read a scripture verse or two that goes along with what we've just sung or what we're going to be singing in the next in the next stanza. You may remain seated as we sing this. There are five stanzas. Does that alarm you? You know, there were some hymn writers that wrote like 15 stanzas to songs, so don't worry about that. We usually don't have those in our hymn books, uh, all 15 of them. But such a good flow as we go through looking at Jesus wearing that crown of thorns. Let's sing.
sing. I'm the word guy, and uh, the musician I most often work with is Greg Hobbegger. Um, I tried writing a tune once, and it was terrible. Uh, so nobody will ever sing one of my tunes. Uh, but Greg Hobbegger does such a good job. And uh, Paul, I ended um, my Jesus Fair with, uh, with joyful grief. I lift my praise, abhorring all my sin, period. And when he wrote the tune, he repeated the last line. So we were just going to say, abhorring all my sin twice. And I thought, well, maybe we could change that. So, so actually, Greg gets credit for that. Uh, he, he's so gifted. And uh, he's the one I collaborated with on this next one. Uh, his robes for mine, and uh, his robes for mine, um, just in God's uh, kindness and his providence, this is the song probably that has uh, gotten the most traction and, um, and is used the most or viewed the most on YouTube or whatever, and um, this, this song is, the, the idea behind this song is probably the idea that, that I obsess over. When, when I'm thinking about nothing, this is what I think about. Uh, sometimes somebody will say, like, how long did it take to write that song? And um, the one we're going to sing at the end of the service is I Am With You, and that was a couple hours early one morning. Um, his Rose for Mine was 20 years. I mean, not not seriously, I wasn't writing it for 20 years, but I was meditating on what Jesus has done for us and in this great exchange, uh, this double imputation that that our sins were imputed to Christ. We, we just read 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made Jesus, who was sinless, to be sin for us. So he credited our sins to Jesus, and he took Jesus' righteousness and credited it to us. So there's this great exchange, and it's really the rationale of the gospel. How can God forgive guilty sinners? The, the price of our sin had to be paid, and it was paid entirely by the Lord Jesus when he suffered under the wrath of God. Uh, so, so the logic of, of the gospel is that we were treated, we are treated as though we were sinless because we've been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And Jesus was treated as though he were a sinner, even though he had done no wrong. Uh, so his robes for mine is, is rejoicing in the doctrine of our justification and the imputation that, that made that possible. Uh, again, you're going to see allusions to the doctrine of propitiation, that he satisfied God's wrath for us. Uh, what, a, what a Savior we have. Uh, go home and, and read uh, Zechariah chapter 3. There's an allusion there to uh, the, the high priest named Joshua, and he's, he's covered in filthy garments. It's a, it's a vision that Zechariah has, and the filthy garments are taken off of him. And then he's clothed in clean garments. And, and it's not his merit. It, it's all a gift to him. And, of course, the New Testament tells the rest of the story. Joshua's filthy garments were put on Christ. It's amazing what Jesus has done for us. And I feel like one, one thing that is missing in a lot of our worship is wonder. We're not amazed. We don't marvel. Oh, Jesus died for me. Ugh. What is wrong with us? It's remarkable what he has done for us. So, so think and, and worship and, and be grateful and know that because of what he's done for you, your life belongs to him 
And so we serve him uh, out of gratitude, out of deep love for him. Let's wonder together as we look to Jesus, our Savior. Number 279 in the hymn book. Let's stand as we sing, His Robes for Mine. using the punctuation. You know what that means? And that, that's going to put some more meaning in it. Let's read it together. His robes for mine, such anguish none can know. Christ, God's beloved, condemned as though his soul. He, as though I, accursed and left alone, I, as though he, Embraced and welcomed home. I cling to Christ the 
seated. The orchestra will be leaving while Pastor Aaron and I sing a song called Christ is Sufficient. Nothing I've done could merit God's grace. Nothing I'll do can take it away. I have one hope in life and death. I have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Christ is sufficient. Savior and friend. Nothing remains since Jesus has died. Justice was paid, the judge satisfied. Great is my sin, greater his love. I have been cleansed with Calvary's blood. Nothing I've sought on earth satisfies. I was designed to thirst after Christ. Beckoned by him, drink and be filled. I am content, yet yearn for him still. Christ is sufficient. His work is finished. Savior and friend. Nothing but Christ could unto the fall. He will return to reign over all. Come to us, Lord, right every wrong. Soon the redeemed will join heaven's song. Sing with us now on the chorus. Christ is song, and uh, this is a hymn called I Am With You. Um, one of the most uh, regularly repeated promises of the scriptures is that God is with us. You know, he doesn't say everything will be fine. He doesn't say things will get better. You know, we might be going through really deep waters, but, but he promises when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And and he promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And uh, working on this hymn of encouragement to, to, to try to 
uh, remind us and embolden us that even if, if everything else is falling apart, we have the presence of God with us. Uh, he'll never, never um, fail us. He'll never leave us. Um, I began to, to look at different passages and notice that there are passages where the Father promises that he is with us and will never leave us. And then there's promises where Jesus uh, says, Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'll, I'll never leave you, Jesus says. And then even the Spirit, uh, we read in Psalm 139, Whither can I flee from thy Spirit? You know, where, where can we hide from God? He's, he's everywhere. In fact, He's not only with us, He's in us. So we have the promises of the Father, Spirit, and uh, the Father, Son, and Spirit to, to always be with us and care for us and sustain us. What could possibly be better than that? Well, one thing. When he calls us to be with him. So I am with you turns to come, be with me. And the promise of scripture when it talks about heaven, it's not, it's not primarily the, the streets of gold. Uh, it's not primarily the things that are absent, though that will be wonderful. But the promises of heaven are so shall we ever be with the Lord, or that where I am, there you may be also. If I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. Uh, the promise to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Jesus is what makes heaven heaven, and that's our hope. Uh, when we wrote this, it was around the time, uh, actually 10 years ago, we just passed the 10th anniversary of the uh, tragic bus accident. A group of teenagers was coming back from an activity, I think from camp, uh, Colonial Hills Baptist Church in Indi uh, Indiana. And uh, most of you, I imagine, are aware that that's the church that uh, Pastor Caleb's dad was pastoring and uh, where his brother Chad was serving. And in that tragic bus accident, uh, July 27th, 2013, Chad and Courtney Phil, uh, Phelps went to be with the Lord, uh, as did the unborn baby that uh, Courtney was carrying. Another lady from their church, uh, Tanya Weindorf, uh, also lost her life, and, and many others were injured. And I remember hearing of the event, just what a tragedy. And uh, Greg and I decided, you know, if we could provide encouragement to them, uh, the promise of God to be with them even through the, va uh, the, the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Uh, so we wrote this together, and, uh, and the hope of heaven uh, was such an appropriate one for this particular uh, event. We um, dedicated it to their church, and the Lord has kind of uh, associated uh, that accident and, and this hymn of faith and encouragement, uh, and, and trust has been a, been a blessing uh, to many, and at least to the Phelps family, who I consider uh, good friends of mine and partners in ministry. So we're going to rejoice together um, and sing our last song tonight, meditating on the presence of God. He is with us until one day we will be with him. I believe the choir is singing this. You may notice on the screen it says the choir is going to be singing, and you wonder where is the choir. They will be amongst you. <laughs> And on the last verse, I'm going to ask you to join with us after you've heard the tune a few times, and we will sing together at the end. So 
you get an opportunity to see what I do with my back to you usually. Only some of the things I do as I direct the choir. But I trust it will be a blessing as you hear them sing throughout the auditorium. I am with you. Choir, let's stand.
Well, if you haven't heard the gospel in song tonight, you weren't listening very well. And I hope that you heard the hope that is within us. Perhaps you're here even tonight and, and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. The Bible talks about how we as Christians are called to be ready to, and be prepared to share the hope that is in us. And in order for us to be ready to share for the hope that's in us, it has to be obvious. It has to be noticeable by others. In order to have hope, hope comes from purpose. And there's really only two options when it comes to purpose. Either you try to set out and find your own purpose, create your own purpose in life, or you discover the purpose that God has created for you. And I just want to speak just a quick moment. I know this is a missions conference, and, and, and the focus is on us going out and sharing the gospel with others, but perhaps you're here and you don't even know the gospel for yourself. Did you hear the hope? Did you hear the purpose in the words that we sang tonight? Did you hear about a God who is the sovereign creator over all, holy, mighty, and worthy, the one who has made you, who has made this world and everything in it and is, is worthy of all of the praise and all the glory? Did you hear that being sung? Did you hear about the effects of the curse? That when we look in this world around us, we see the glory and majesty of creation, but at the same time we see the brokenness and sinfulness of the fall. That everything just seems to fit so nicely together in his creation, but at the same time, if you're honest with yourself, you know there's something fundamentally broken. That things are not as they should be. And perhaps you even look at your own heart and you see your own tendency towards sin. You see your own slavery to your own desires and your own flesh. And you think to yourself, this isn't how it should be. Well, God is so gracious to not leave us in that state. As it says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can go to church after church and they'll tell you something along the lines of, well, if you... If you do enough good, if you're a good person, if you, if you do your best, you'll, you'll make it there someday. That if you, uh, if you simply try to love others and, 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 and be nice, you can make it to heaven. The Bible says all our righteousness are filthy rags. We, we have offended a holy God, and we can do nothing to erase that penalty that we deserve. And that's why God sent His Son, the only Savior, the only one qualified both to live the perfect life we could not live and to die the sacrificial death in our place so that we might have newness of life. And it's through this great plan of salvation, the Bible says that God can be both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And we invite you, if, if, if you've heard the hope tonight and you're thinking, I don't think I have that hope, I don't think I know this Savior. I have great news for you, that you do not have to earn your way there. You do not have to climb your way up the ladder. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Jesus climbed down and made himself one of us so that he could bring us to the Father. And it's as simple as calling upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I don't care if you've been raised in church, if you've been here Sunday after Sunday, and everyone else thinks you're a Christian. If you're not, and you know you're not, it's as simple as calling out to the Lord, asking Him to be your Savior, repenting of your sins, turning to Him for forgiveness and grace. And we encourage that. So you do that yourself, even tonight. And for the believers, this is a missions conference. 
What has God said to you this weekend? When you think about the, the lost, the hopeless, those who have never heard the name of Christ, does that bother you? Does that irritate you? Is God maybe perhaps leading you to spread the gospel to those who have not heard? And, and for the rest of us, what about your neighbor? What about your coworker? We've talked about earlier how you know, we'll get excited about missions and then realize that there's houses right around this property that have never heard the gospel. And that's, that's a tragedy. And we don't have to wait until we're sent across the, 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 the world to share the gospel. God has planted us right here in Palm Bay to be a light, to be, to be ambassadors for the gospel. So perhaps God is leading you to, to go somewhere where the gospel has not been preached, but perhaps God is just leading you to go across the street or go to the next cubicle over and have that conversation. Whatever God is leading you, I pray that you wouldn't ignore that, that you would not neglect that, but you'd listen to that. And perhaps tell somebody else. That's a great way of solidifying it in your mind. Tell, pull someone aside and say, this, I'm not sure, but I, I, think, I think God might be leading me in this direction. And we encourage you to follow that prompting. Whatever God is speaking to you this weekend, whether that's to, to receive Christ for yourself or perhaps God's going to use you in some way, we're excited to see what God is going to continue doing uh, through our church here at Faith Baptist Church of Palm Bay. I want to thank Chris Anderson and, and his willingness to come and, and speak to us and, and the blessing of song uh, that, that he's given us uh, so that we may glorify God and, and re- be reminded of his truths together. We hope that it was a blessing for you tonight. And we pray that the gospel will be sent forth. We've been talking through even what is the purpose of the church, right? What, what, what is the mission of the church? That we're called to glorify God by gathering and growing disciples who advance the gospel together. Are we ready not just to gather and grow, but to advance it out to those around us? Let's pray together, and we will be dismissed. Lord, we thank you so much for this weekend. We thank you so much for um, giving us your son. We are undeserving of it, but we're so thankful for it. Lord, I pray that if there's any here tonight that have not embraced you as their Savior, that you might convict to their hearts, open their eyes, they may come to you to receive forgiveness of sins and newness of life. Lord, if there's anyone here who is convicted about their own willingness to perhaps go, be sent out to be the light to those in darkness. Lord, I pray that you would use them and guide them in your truth. We thank you for this weekend, Lord, and I pray that the truths that we learn and that we're reminded of will go forward with us.